0: We're rolling, we're recording, and I just want to say hi. Thank you guys for being here tonight for the Mystery School. Uh, Tonight's topic is the golden age. Um, If you want me to introduce myself here a little bit, Mike, that sounds good. Uh, My name is Jacob Cox, obviously. Um, I've been really doing videos like this and research for the better part of my adulthood. Uh, Never really been satisfied with... Uh, what I was taught growing up and um, really felt like it was my mission in life was to seek the truth. Whatever that truth was, I was open to it. Uh, what God was, I was open to it. If God didn't exist, I was open to that. But whatever it was, I think I needed the truth in my life. So uh, I just spent the better part of my adulthood uh, really researching that. When the Internet came about, that was a big help. Reading books, reading um, you know, checking out the the Quran, the Marbarta, the Egyptian Book of the Dead, um, the Popovu, anything I get my hands on of old ancient books. To so just kind of, and I, not that I read every single one word for word, but I felt like there was a time and a place and um, kind of a knowing to read this part now or open up and just start reading. And there were, you know, obviously synchronicities and clues and, you know, little breadcrumbs for me everywhere I looked. And they all kind of came into, um, Helping me understand the great mystery, you know, not that I understand it all completely, but um, definitely give me a little bit of understanding to a little bit of that. All right, here we go. Welcome to another mystery school with Jacob Cox. I'm here tonight to do another mystery school on the golden age. Um, So let's go ahead and get started for tonight. The golden age is something that's talked about in so many different uh, ancient books and scrolls. And so we're going to take a little bit of all that stuff tonight and try to put into a fun little uh, presentation about um, about the golden age and the age of Aquarius. Let's go ahead and get started. Um, We've all heard the song, the age of Aquarius and and talking about the alignments and the stars with the moon and the planets, um, how it's this kind of really beautiful and incredible time period. Um, And uh, many books tend to point to the same thing. uh, all around the world in different cultures we hear the same stuff about the age of Aquarius or golden age or this Kali Yuga that's just just an amazing time that circles back around always um, and sometimes it's referred to as the golden age and and we seem to be I guess right now it, it may look like the darkest before the dawn actually you know how you hear that saying like it literally is the darkest before the dawn does come though so um, the the scrolls and the ancient texts and everything do talk about how we will see those, you know, kind of changes being revealed to us. Things will be a little bit more difficult than usual. Uh, there'll be a lot of learning to take place, a lot of evolving and growing during this time before we get to this golden age, because uh, according to most texts, not everybody gets there. Not everybody gets in. This seems to be like a school of learning, and this is graduation time. So what I think what really points to this more than anything is the procession of the equinoxes. The 26,000 year cycle where our earth wobbles around and after 26,000 years points back to its original spot. So right now we're going and pointing to that age of Aquarius. That's what's happening. So every, I believe it's every 72 years that we tilt one degree of that and we continue to turn around until we go all the way around. It's a little bit less like 25, six or something. Um, just under 26,000 years, usually rounded up. But every 26,000 years, we do have this procession of the equinoxes. And I'm um, um, sorry about that. And um, it seems to be very profound in uh, ages and eons. You know, the Iron Age is linked to that and and then coming back around to this golden age. Um, so again, we are pointing to the age of Aquarius, the person who pours out the water, um, even in the Bible, they do refer to that, you know, the man who pours the water out. Uh, I don't believe, I mean, probably was a little thing as well, but I do believe they are. It Bible has a lot of uh, codes um, and sayings and things that are pointing to the Zodiac, um, things that are pointing to astral alignments and things like that. So, uh, and then they refer to the thousand years of peace that will be on this earth after that. So, Um, It definitely indicates as much as anything else that there is a time period of peace on this planet that happens after a very tumultuous, you know, kind of crazy time that's going to come upon us. Um, And it's almost like, you know, our earth is splitting. There's two polarities. There seems to be one of death and destruction and one where this this new beginning is going to take place. And we have to choose which one we want to do. And you can see this polarity really splitting people up now in all kinds of things. Um, and we have to realize, you know, how will we live our lives now? It's imperative, you know, not how some person over here, the president or anybody, how are you going to live your life? how what are you going to believe? What are the things that we are going to make our rules and our beliefs and our laws and to to go down a trajectory that points us to a living world that works for everyone as opposed to a dying world that ends in war and famine and and those kind of things. So it's it's very imperative that if we want to go into this golden age, every each book tends to uh tends to say that you know there is a kind of um a way to do it, if you will. There's a there's a blueprint for how to get there. Um, and not all of them are 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 you know completely concise, but they give a little each one sense give a little bit of detail. So more than anything, what I think this is saying is There's a paradigm shift going on. Um, There's no doubt about that. Everything is going to be changed, not just a few things. It seems like every single thing from physical uh, humans to mental, emotional, spiritual ways of doing things, how we do politics, everything. There's a completely a huge shift going on right now. And it's helping us to awaken, to awaken as one that we're not separate from each other, that each one of us really is a part of you know, this thing called earth, like we're really like a part of it as much as our cells are a part of our body. You know, our, our body's made of billions and billions of cells. And, you know, they all work in together in unison, um, in cooperation to create and to be healthy. And we are all realizing that ourselves that, you know, we bomb someone else, it hurts us if you you know, if, if we go to war with someone else, it, there are, you know, effects that happen to everyone worldwide. And so we no longer are separate. We realize that as a society. Um, so hopefully that really is, you know, help creating the biggest stages, the beginning stages of the biggest collective awakening ever seen in the history of mankind. Now, I do believe that there have been huge awakenings or even been time periods called the great awakenings that's up on this earth in different countries and cultures. But certainly with seven to eight billion people on this planet, this seems like probably one of the biggest ever. There seems to be so much uh, gaining of information happening right now, which, you know, who knows 100 percent, but definitely seems like we are evolving, uh, learning, growing at a capacity now that's, you know, very, very rapid, very fast. Um, so this helps us with that information, with the Internet, with the fact that you have more time just to consult with your friends, your coworkers, to talk about things that are happening. Um, the, there is no doubt that all of this information helps us to really understand what the apocalypse is. And I, and I want to make sure uh, at this moment right now that people really know what the definition of that, what that word means. And it means a lifting of the veil or disclosure of knowledge. Um, what was hidden to be revealed. That's what that's what the Greek word apocalypse means where that word comes from. And, and we know, like today, a lot of words have been changed around and moved around to fit certain definitions to look better. So it doesn't necessarily mean bloom and doom and fire and brimstone and all those kind of things. It it could, you know, certainly, but the 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 main point is that it's a lifting of the veil something has been hidden so what are the things that have been hidden to us the corrupt politic and financial systems becoming more obvious to the masses check an awakening of the limitless human potential in the minds of people check everybody's realizing a lot of people not everyone every lot of people are realizing that people coming together to affect real positive change check and yes the apocalypse is happening but it's not the doom and gloom we were told to believe by the media um, again, there are things that will happen. I do believe that, uh, some people can be a part of, if you believe that it's going to be the end of the world, you may find yourself in circumstances and events and situations that confirm that to yourself. What I do believe and see happening is, uh, almost instant manifestation is coming our way. So the things that we believe will almost like instantly manifest for us. And if we believe this in the world, terrible things are going to happen. They will, you will find yourself in, um, you know, in that uh, end of the world scenario, or something bad happened to you, tie in some, you know, crazy catalysm uh, <laughs> cataclysm, cataclysm. Um, those kind of things are birthing pains, and they do happen. There are earthquakes and volcanoes going off, and so. Um, but just like a mother giving birth, you know, they're screaming, there's blood, but there—that's that's the pain that happens into giving this beautiful life to this new creation, uh, and I believe that's what we're going to do as well. So. We can we can see the pain and the agony as something first and foremost, and and not be able to see past that. And I think that's what's going to hold some people back. But we have to see that there's a new a new birth coming, a new uh, a new way of doing things is coming. And so, really, honestly, we think things are really bad right now. But I don't, I honestly don't think they're any worse than they were not too long ago, 100 years ago, five thousand years ago. We have. Always been in this predicament as humans, it seems uh, to be um, kind of controlled by these people behind the curtain, um, not giving full information and access to who we really are. Their education system, political systems being a little bit manipulated. Um, but we must know that if we hold each other tight and continue to pull back the veil, the truth is going to come out. It's going to prevail itself. There's no doubt about that. We don't have to worry and think, oh, I hope the truth comes out. If this is the time that. I believe we have been on this planet for many, many, many lifetimes. And this is the lifetime that we've been waiting for, for this incredible unveiling to happen. And beyond the walls of our belief, there's a whole different world out there. And this is so significant to so many things, like the walls that we build up that keep us from our enlightenment, the fear that we build up, the walls that keep us from our greatness, uh, all that fear that's behind that. We need to just destroy that. Let those walls crumble to the ground because there is so much beyond our belief systems that we have, uh, that keep us in line. Um, it's time to be great. It's time to be amazing. It's time to dare to see past the veil to see on the other side of what is possible what is out there. Um, you know, who are we really, what are we here for? The big questions in life, you know, um, what is spirituality? How am I a part of that? Those are the things that are really huge. And it, it, it's it's your duty it's your responsibility. It's not some preacher or teacher it's how bad do you want it? How, how bad are you going to go out and reach for it and, and, and meditate and go within and, and read all the books and uh, do all the you know, you know Christ said the kingdom of heaven was a mystery and to me that's that's awesome because that means that everything has been solved already. so I get to be the detective. And go on there and try to figure it all out, you know, and I get to take information from every single person along the way that comes into my journey and respectfully listen to them and, and be open not to be, you know, not saying that something's not true or is true, but just see the information for what it is. And I think that's really important. And then go back and connect the dots, but certainly seeing through the veil, seeing through the other side, um, having that pineal gland open, your third eye gl- opened up. Helps you to see into situations and events and circumstances to realize, you know, what's what's in this situation that's good for me, and what will happen if I go down this road with this person. Um, so seeing into that uh, veil and being able to see past what's presented, kind of right here around us, be able to see deeper into reality helps us understand this. And, and I think the Dalai Lama said this, uh, and it's just great. Um, it's the paradox of our age. We have bigger houses but smaller families. More conveniences, but less time. We have more degrees, but less sense. More knowledge, but less judgment. More experts, but more problems. More medicines, but less healthiness. We've been all the way to the moon and back, but we have trouble crossing the street to meet our neighbor. We built more computers to hold more information to produce more copies than ever, but we have less communication. We have, become lo- we have become long on quantity, but short on quality. These are the times of fast foods, but slow digestion. Tall men, but short character. Steep profits, but shallow relationships. It's a time when there is much in the window, but nothing in the room. And I just I absolutely love that. I think it's right on, uh, you know, similar to what other people have said you know, basically we have all this technology, but not humanity. Um, and it's time for us to, to fix these problems. We can't ask someone else to do it or ask a president or some politician or someone. We need to fix these things within ourselves and fix these systems within our communities. Um, so one of the things that I, as, as I pull back the veil and I see, you know, what is, what is society? What is our culture? What are we, what are we, um how are we doing things uh as a society and one of the things that i'm really seeing is people um people are created to be loved and things were created to be used the reason the world is in chaos is because things are being loved and people are being used and i think that's really big and one of the things martha king says we need to become a people-based society instead of a profit-based society Uh, we need to take value in human beings and not things and stuff and, um, you know, realize that every single human being, you know, my dad used to tell me, because goes, no matter if you talk to the, to the guy who picks up the trash or the CEO, each one of those people, you know, talk to them with respect. Uh, you don't know where anybody's been in this life, what road they've been down, and talk to everyone saying that you would talk to anyone. And I believe that, and I and I believe that's because every single person is just as good. There are no titles. Some people know they're worth more than others, but nobody's worth more than anyone else, I don't think. And so, again, as we pull back the veil, we also see that there is a game of divide and conquer, we, you know, where some people tend to think that the common people are pawns and they keep us busy fighting each other instead of fighting them. I don't necessarily think we have to fight them in particular physically, but metaphorically, yes. You know what I mean? They are dividing us in so many different ways and they're always helping us, you know, not helping us, to, you know, pushing us to perceive enemies out there all the time, you know? And when there's enemies out there all the time, we have to be stressed. We have to be fight or flight mode. You know, we're constantly worried about who's coming out to get us. Um, and when fear and hatred consume us, we perceive enemies everywhere. So we're constantly in that, you know, reptilian brain, fight or flight. Um, and we can't really use the extra stuff in our brain the neocortex and, um, You know, that stuff that helps us really think things out because we're under such stress. So it's really important to realize there really are no enemies out there. The the enemy is in me. And when I can conquer myself in that way, that's the that's the greatest warrior among us. The the warrior who conquers themselves is is greater than any warrior who conquers the hundred or a thousand people on the battlefield. Um, because the enemy is within you. And if you can conquer that enemy, there are no enemies without. So, so you know, we're humans and we're all one. We're all one race. But then they try to, you know, separate us by, by colors and uh, religion and politics and wealth. And so to make us constantly be uh, compartmentalized and divided. And so it's us against them and polarized, man. Uh, you know, the Democrat and Republican polarization, the anti versus pro, these polarizations really do a number on us to have to fight a certain side to take a side um, all the time and defend it. It's not very healthy, I don't think. I had a, you know, a really deep uh, download one day in the park I was speaking to uh, Pike's Peak and asking for, you know, help and information, and I got this incredible download and just a split second but basically let me know that the polarization was something that kept the earth's poles from flipping and that this is a natural process that we want to happen so get yourself out of the polarization get yourself out of that fight of the religion or politics you know understand you know both of them are are wings to the same bird you know right or left it doesn't matter um and religion should never be a way to fight others or be angry at anybody else. It's just a tool to help you with your own spirituality. Each and every one has helped me uh, drastically in my um, journey to oneness. So uh, in politics, I've been a Democrat, I've been a Republican, realizing they're both funded by the same people. So no reason to, you know, definitely take on one or the other as better. Uh, there are people I like in certain certain institutions, sure, but you know, it's not like a football team where if they lose or they lie, I'm going to keep keep voting for you or, or be on your team. Like, nah you you lie, you cheat, you steal, like, I'm not for you, you know, I'm for uh, people who are for the good of everyone. And that's super important to realize when it comes to it, like, get out of that, get out of that mindset of being polarized to anything. Um, and so obviously, when I was talking about race earlier, um, there's only one race, the human race, no matter DNA tests can't tell you what color your skin is, um, and it's just silly to think that that we should hate each other or not like each other or want to spend more time with someone because of the color of skin. There's just pigmentations in the skin, literally. Literally, we're all come out of Africa, and we have different colored skins, and, you know, not two white people have same percent, or black people. It's just, it's just pigmentation, and, and we don't, as kids, we don't even know that. It's not even a thing as children. I mean, my my daughter plays with small kids and it doesn't matter at all what the color of skin is. It's something that we have to learn and see and label as something different. But uh, I think that's just a program that we can completely um, get out of. But it's funny because why do we cherish the variety of color and all the other species and fish and birds? And look at how beautiful they are and how colorful they are. How boring it would be if we were all one color, if we were all one size, if we were all one height. I think that would be the absolutely most boring planet in the whole galaxy. I'm so thankful that we have diversity. And honestly, at the end of the day, our diversity is our greatest strength. It is not a weakness. It's our greatest strength to have people who think different things and believe different things and who understand different ways of doing things. So that's why hearing everybody out so imperative to understanding the whole and putting the whole puzzle together, um, can't do it with just one person. You know, you need everyone's point of view to be so much more richer and so much more understanding. So it's just absolutely absurd that we can see all the beauty and the colors and the, and the rainbow of all the other species, but in our own, we're just like, I oh, don't know, you know, we just need to get off of this. Uh, and realize how beautiful every single person is, and how valuable every soul is, um, and look down at that level to the soul level. Stop seeing the surface area of you know what's on the surface all the time. Um, and and for religion, if you you don't need religion to have morals. If you can't determine right from wrong, then you don't. You like empathy, not religion. So, you know, religions are compasses, they're guides, they're tools to help us. They have great information and things passed down from great gurus or saints, um, Christ, the Buddhas, uh, incredible people, Marys. Um, And so I I find all that information incredibly important and valuable. Um, But, you know, if just claiming to be Christian or claiming to be Muslim or anything else, and like you're separating yourself still. From the entirety, anything that you say like that, like I'm black, I'm I'm Jewish, I'm this, I'm that, you separate yourself as a label that's different from other people. Uh, Christian Murty said that was the definition of being violent, um, and I have to say that could be very true. Just by throwing out their I'm this, you automatically you know deflect a lot of other people uh, and divide yourself by calling yourself something other than human. Other than anything that identifies with the totality of everyone else, I think that's really important that we're all human, we're all spiritual beings having a human experience. Um, So I think anything of those other things are great. Personally, I consider myself to be Muslim, Christian, um, all the things, uh, atheist, you know, I don't think God is a white man on the top of a cloud judging people. Uh, I think it's in everything. I think it's omnipresent, omnipotent. It's a force that permeates the entire universe that we're all part of. So I see all of those things as me, and I try to identify with everything instead of just certain things. And that has helped me in my journey, at least, to realize the totality of of everything that is. I am that. I am. There's nothing that I'm not. So even uh, the way we do health is going to be completely evolved and obviously, we already see a lot of that going on from the pharmacy, uh, pharmaceutical pills that people are taking. Now, people go to the health store and they buy the fruits and the vegetables and those kind of things. So, that one is the one that's really already taken place a lot, and people are already seeing that eating the right foods and healthy foods um, are imperative to a healthy consciousness, a healthy body, uh, to you know, to think properly or think better. Um, so, that's one that's already there, pretty obvious. The education system, I believe, is, needs a huge, uh, you know, evolution. Um, we've got this system that literally is like fitting into the square box and asking everybody to fit in to this square box when, you know, n- I don't know how many of you guys have, but I have rarely have had to take a test once I got out of high school um, or college. Um, it's just not necessarily as much. And so, you know, what we learn is people learning a lot when they're happy, when they want to learn about something. And usually it's like one thing or one area that works best instead of multiple. Uh, mo- most people don't do good at multitasking. It's not, you know, for everyone, it's really the vast majority of people are not good at it at all. So, you know, that's why when a kid asks you a question, they come up to you and they like grab you and they're like, why is this? And they keep asking why, 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 why on that one subject, because they're just trying to nail it before they move on to something else. I think that's really imperative how we should, you know, really try to teach people um, and, and and teach things in school, because the way things we're doing things are now. You know, this core curriculum that's been introduced, everything from math and reading has gone down incredibly low. Um, so we've got to realize that there are better ways to do things. Maybe testing is not always the best for some people. Uh, and 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 just know that everything is going to be revamped and, and education is definitely one of them. Um, again, you know, everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it's stupid because fish, they don't climb trees, you know, fish swim. Elephants, you know, graze the, the savannas and penguins live and 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 swim and monkeys swing in trees. Everybody has their own thing and their own niche. And, you know, Tony Hawk or someone who rides a skateboard, he makes plenty of money. And I'm sure he's super happy being super successful in that avenue. Does he need to know chemistry? Does he need to get in trouble uh, by not knowing social studies? No, those things are, you know, learn what you want to learn because you want to learn it. Uh, I've had, I had a friend in high school who died before we got to the test on Friday and we were stressing about this test and made me realize at that moment, like, why are we stressing so much about tests? Our life is so much more important that, than that, but there are so many other things to do other than just how we go to school and how we test for things and learn things. There's so many great options of being a YouTuber now and posting the things you like, or, you know, whatever it is you want to be, it's fine. Do it, um, fall in love with it. Um, but certainly changing the way we do things, it's only working for a small percentage of people. It certainly doesn't work for everyone. And we got to open up to that, you know, obviously put a lot more money and and, and time and, and thought into how we're going to teach our kids um, so that it's not constantly anger and upset with teachers. And, you know, we we have a much better way to get better results, I believe. Uh, and again, I'm not going into depth on all these things as much as possible. I'm trying to just be quick about each one, everyone, but If a child can't learn the way we teach, then maybe we should teach the way we learn, the way they learn. And I believe 100% we need to start teaching how do children learn? How do they learn? And they ask those questions and they keep asking about one subject and having a multitude of subjects at one time is just, I think, very difficult. I know that was for me. Um, And I think, you know, it'd be a lot easier for most people to just Really, you let them dive into one thing and learn about it. Even going to college, I didn't even know what I was going to do in college. I just know I was going to college. And uh, it's, you know, there's a lot of money wasted there with not knowing what you want to do. Uh, and in general, life is a school where you learn how to remember what your soul already knows. And if you guys probably have heard that saying before, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. That could be a preacher. It could be a teacher. It could be, you know, an aunt, an uncle, an uh, uncle some random person at a grocery store, but whatever you have made it in your consciousness that you're ready to learn, you're ready to grow. Uh, you're ready to you know expand your consciousness. Uh, the people show up, no matter where you go, you can't avoid it. You will find that person. If you're out there looking, you're reading and you're going to metaphysical stores or whatever it is, You know, it may just be at the grocery store one day, turn around and someone there has the next piece to your puzzle. I've seen it a hundred times where I'm looking for an answer I let go of my attachment to it. And as soon as I do, within that day, typically I run into someone or I get a phone call from somebody who has the answer to what I was looking for. Um, so life always has, and life has always been a school. It, 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 this is a huge school for learning earth is, um, and we're here for a little while to learn as much as we can. I think it's super important to realize learning doesn't stop because you got out of college or you got the degree in this thing. And, um, and so now, you know, all there is to know about it now. I and mean, I think a lot of times that inhibits people from learning more because they think they know it all uh, in a certain subject because you've got a master's degree in it. Um, I wouldn't call my master's of anything, um, you know, because I feel like in my humility, I've learned that I know like this much of an infinite amount of stuff. So really, I know a lot less than I know. Uh, so there's so much to learn out there, you know. Um, another thing as I pull back the veil and I start to see and look around that people are holding on to money and hoarding it in huge you know, amounts instead of holding on to the moment and being present and being here now and realize how much richness they lose by not being present, by being worried about buying a yacht, buying a big house or buying this thing or, or being seen by people because they have money or something. You're missing out so much. When I hear the word rich, I don't even use it for money. I I use words like wealthy or things like that. But to be honest, to be rich to me is to have family and friends and people who care and uh, places to go with beautiful people. Um, That's what makes me feel rich, you know, not uh, how much money is in my bank account, that I have a healthy family and uh, a healthy child and, you know, friends to go do amazing things with and uh, a community that cares and supports me. Uh, I think that's what makes you more rich than anything else. Um, Sure. There are a lot of people who have a lot more money than me, but I feel richer than most, to be honest. Um, And, you know, empathy uh, is something that we see very little in our culture these days. Uh, I think this is a funny picture because, you know, we don't realize we see people who are homeless and they're all over everywhere now. Um, And it's, People are saying, oh, that person's on drugs or this person's this or whatever. And I realize, like, man, that's you. That's all of us. We have a society that's sick, sick to the core. And so many people uh, have fallen victim to it. I mean, it's for me, it's a paycheck or two away from having to sell a home or, you know what I mean? Um, I, I know a lot of people who have nice things and everything, but the savings are gone. And so you know, you're, you're, you're a broken leg away, or you're a paycheck away, or you're being fired, you know, from a job and not being able to get another one in time. You know, it could be any of us out there. So we have to be really compassionate and, and empathize with people that a lot of people aren't out there because they want to be, or they've gone through something very traumatic. And um, therefore, you know, it's hard to them to get back on that horse and to get back into life. But this is sad, I think, overall, and we need to, love our, our brothers and sisters who are out there and realizing helping everyone is helping ourselves you know no i'm not i'm not saying exclude anybody every single person in this system in this culture in our world is valuable 100% as much as anybody else um, and very important to remember always and so you know one of the biggest things i think for most people especially in our country and obviously definitely other countries are seeing right now is that Both political parties, like I said earlier, right wing or left wing, they're both part of the same bird. They're funded by the same people. Uh, There's a lot of corruption in there, but good. I say good. We get to see it. We're finally seeing it. It's been going on for a long time Uh, and we finally get to see it. That's great. You know, we're really seeing through the veil and being like, okay, you guys are not going to continue to do this business as usual. Um, you know, we can start putting our energy and our time and focusing on people that do uh, have the best interest in for the totality of all humans instead of just their own pocketbooks and the, the wealthy and corporations. And again, um, so we talk about politics, education, you know, all these things and, and legal versus illegal. Um, sorry, I'm saying check the fireplace. Um, so. You know, the the question of what's legal or illegal is not a question uh, for, you know, what's moral or not. Um, I think that's something super important to realize, like, you know, just because uh, Basani can go, you know, take from a water, uh, a lake or something and put water into a bottle. They don't produce water, by the way, they produce plastic. The water's already there. They steal the water from everyone else to put it in their plastic bottles to sell back to us. Um, While we, it's illegal for the regular person, to collect rainwater even that falls on their own house. Not in every state, and some states have reversed that, but certainly it's illegal in, in many states. Um, it's insane. It's absolutely insane that you can't collect the water. Why not? What is it so, that's, that's so, it's so wild to even think that something like that, falling freely from the sky, you couldn't collect. Um, killing people with these pharmaceutical drugs as opposed to using plant, medi- you know, plant medis- medicines. Um, and letting people starve uh, and feeding people is illegal. Uh, giving people money on the street a lot of times is is illegal. Um, it, it's just absolutely uh, mind blowing. You know, it's even it's even legal. I, I read the other day in certain states to leave your dog outside in the cold um, at night if it's below freezing or whatever. But there's no law for any humans to stay to have to to come inside if it's below freezing. There's no law for that. There's a law that you you, you literally be put in jail if you keep your dog outside, but there's no similar law for humans. We don't have to bring them inside and put them, make sure they're clothed and fed and warm. Um, You know, not that we shouldn't with the dogs. Dogs I think obviously should be too, but certainly if dogs are, there's no reason any human should be out there in the freezing cold. I know we lost a few people in our city in general, uh, over this cold snap that we had a few weeks ago. Really sad overall. Um, things that could be prevented. And, um, you know, it's definitely things that I, I want to bring light to because I think where our tenor- attention goes, energy flows. And so it's important to say, hey, man, this isn't right. This isn't, we need to allocate funds to help these people out as opposed to continue to give money to all these other crazy places that we're giving it. So, you know, today the modern state asks, is it legal? Is this legal? Then that's fine. But the mind of a free man asks, is it right? Is this right or is this wrong? And I think that's a much more moral question. You know, there's a lot of things that have been legal. Slavery at one point was legal. Is it right? No, it's not right for any human to another human. Um, Certainly not. Um, So, you know, again, legalities and moralities, two different things. And we have to believe in that. We have to know that. And deep down in in the universe, too, the they, the universe doesn't really care about what's legal. It cares but there, I believe that there is this unconditional love force that binds all things together. And deep down in that, what is right and wrong is in that very force. Um, and so we have to realize that no amount of money, oil, or gold is worth bees, trees, and clean water. Period. We can cut down all the trees, you know, poison all the water. All the bees can die, and we will realize at some point we cannot eat money. You know, we can't eat oil and gold. Those things are relevant. the, the vast uh, riches of our planet are the living systems, the water, the trees, the air, the animals, the species. It's what's most important, sure. So what we come down to after you know going through that, we realize like basically history is a lie. You know what we're taught and how we're taught things. Uh, is definitely a perspective from our country, and it's obviously taught different ways in different other cultures as well. Uh, religion is a control system; it doesn't have to be, but certainly it has been hijacked. I believe most religions have been hijacked at this point to put the you know uh, messenger on a pedestal and not even really understand or realize what the messenger said. It's irrelevant now. It's just my messenger is better than your messenger is what it's come down to. Money is a hoax for the most part. They print money and it does have no value. They just keep printing it. Um, And that's because it's not, even though we have a federal reserve, it's not run by the federal government. It's a private banking cartel that's allowed to print money out. And I think that's one of the big reasons why John F. Kennedy and Abraham Lincoln were assassinated. Both of them were trying to end the central banking systems. Uh, Debt is fiction. Who do we owe this money to? Good question. Media is manipulation. Sure, we all know about the fake media and fake news. Government is a corruption, is a corporation, and the system is a lie. Uh, It's time for us to wake up. There is a lot of this going on. I'm not sitting here saying focus on all the negative all the time. But the truth is that we need to wake up and realize, like, what are we feeding ourselves? What are we reading about? What are we engaged in? And how does that create our reality Uh, when we're constantly inundated with fear and worrying about things? I'm, my whole consciousness is going to be different as a human being uh, navigating throughout this world based on what I honestly think and what I believe and how I think the world is. So if I think the world is a terrible, awful place and think bad things happen to people, I could find myself on the other end of that very situation. Um, instead of the world is a beautiful place where I'm here to learn and grow. Um, but we do, we basically live in this altered reality of a big lie. And people don't even know how hard it is to speak the truth to a world full of people that don't realize they're living a lie. Uh, We are all living a lie, and most people have no idea how deep it goes. And it's honestly easier to fool people than to convince them they have been fooled. It is incredibly hard sometimes to tell somebody that they've been fooled, they've been duped, that things have been kept from them. Most people want to stay in that little bubble that feels secure and safe that You know, I've got things figured out. I've got my religion figured out, got my politics figured out, uh, as opposed to, hey, man, you know, there's some things out there that you might need to know. Most people don't even want to hear it. And that's when people get really upset and really mad. Uh, Cognitive dissonance steps in and people get really upset when you tell them something that contradicts their beliefs. And just like from the documentary, The Matrix, you have to understand most of these people are not ready to be unplugged. And many of them are so inert, so hopeless, dependent on the system that they will fight to protect it. They'll literally get in your face and scream about how they want it. And they aren't even aware of it. I've seen it time after time. But it is important to know that it is our ideas that will change the world, not our governments. We don't have to wait on our presidents or kings or prime ministers to do this work. We can do it ourselves. In fact, the world is always you know, changed because of someone's idea, by someone's mission in life, usually by poor people who had a, who had a mission, who had a feeling in their heart, and they acted on it, um, and people followed them, so we can do this, and, you know, uh, we can even go as far as say we might not even need governments in the future, you know, people, most people think, oh, we have to have governments do this, like, Saying that we can't survive without governments is like saying that animals can't survive without farms. Or I would say even more in depth, zoos. It's almost like this whole thing is a big zoo. You know, we're all kept and prodded and, you know, smile real big for the people who are taking pictures. Um, at the end of the day, you know, there have been many civilizations, I believe, that thrive on this planet and still today thrive on this planet. How many uh, civilizations, cultures are out there that we call primitive who they have no bombs, no homeless people, no crime, no prisons, no junk food, no debt, no pollution, no poverty. Yet we call them primitive. And we think we're civilized because we drive around in fancy cars and we have big buildings. Yet we cut our trees down that that produce oxygen for us to breathe, to put those buildings there. Uh, you know, we slave for hours and hours to buy. And then one of those buildings to buy the car that drives us there. And, you know, slowly, surely we constantly kind of, separate ourselves from the earth, from uh, oneness. You know, we're all these labels and I'm a lawyer now and I'm this and I'm that. And we constantly kind of separate ourselves, you know, um, willingly, uh, as opposed to the people who living on the earth, with the earth, with the planet. Uh, they don't have prisons, they don't have jet debt, they don't have junk food. And that's, when you really think about that for a minute, it's pretty incredible that there are um, people today Tribes of people who live, we would say primitive or, you know, third world country or something. But I would say probably they're healthier, happier, uh, more connected with their families by far than most of the people in the United States. But certainly we know that it's all a game, that we are literally doing this to ourselves. Like I said earlier, we are we are honestly just completely doing it to ourselves. Be signed in to wear a cool suit, to drive that fancy car, to have that big house, and allow these people to, you know, take all these things from us. Not that to have the house or the car or anything is super bad. It's not, um, but certainly, you know, get in that mindset to compete with everybody. I have the biggest thing. It becomes toxic after a while. And we have to realize that it can, you know, be bad for us overall. Um, so all we have to do is realize. This is the game of monopoly that's being played on us. And the bankers can print all the money they want to themselves, give it to the prime ministers, to the presidents, to do the things that they want them to do. And what we don't realize is that very few that has, you know, so much money, it doesn't matter. There's so much more of us. But they use, we don't even, we don't even think about it, but they use the symbols, the pyramids, the sacred geometries, all that kind of stuff. And not that those symbols are bad, not that sacred geometry is bad, because it's certainly not, but it's powerful, powerful systems. And when you use those powerful systems, those powerful symbols, and when they do rituals and stuff together, it only takes a few of them with that intention so that everything works for a few people. So we need to go ahead, therefore, and have our own, uh, use those symbols for ourselves, have our own rituals, have our own uh, get togethers, and have intention. To have to meditate and, and meditate on a world that works for everyone, uh, to really put our energy onto uh, methods that work for everyone, to systems that work for everyone, and knowing that when a few of us start to do that, there's a whole lot more of us that can get to alignment with it. This game over. I don't think these people are all high, mighty, proud. I think that they're struggling desperately to keep the system into play that works for them. Uh, I don't think they're super confident in the whole thing. They know that it only takes a few people. That's why they pick them off, you know. Um, But honestly, there's a lot more of us. So their system is starting to crack. I think this is very profound to realize. This whole thing is this big, you know, illusion. It's this big mirage that they're constantly got to, you know, put together and and keep people believing in it so that uh, it stays there. There's no way that this whole reality is is formulated by um it is formulated by fear and you have to get a bunch of people to uh to can to believe in that to you know to collectively think the same thing about it like the world you know doesn't work for me when it rains it pours, and constantly have these programs inundated into people so that they believe this stuff and it creates this world as a few of us start to step out of that those systems and no, no longer believe in those beliefs The system starts to crack. That reality starts to fade. The mirage starts to pull back. It can't last forever. So, real talk: When are we going to overthrow the government? (laughs) Because it's 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 not that hard. We don't have to have guns and knives and tanks. And I think that's one of the things that people think so differently. We got to have our guns to to, case they come. I believe the biggest revolution is not that one of fighting with guns and knives and and all the tanks and bombs. It's one of consciousness. It's the one to realize like when we stand up one by one, they can pick us off. But when we start to stand up together with each other to realize like every single person is my brother, every single person, is my sister, every single person is a human being that has value. And we are as powerful as anybody who's ever walked the face of the earth or anybody who ever will. Christ told us you can do all the things I'm doing and greater things. Why don't we do those things because we don't believe it enough? And if we're only to brainwash ourselves back to let go and reboot all those old programs into new programs that work for us that realize I am powerful. I am dangerous. You know, I am someone who stands up for people. I am someone who believes in everyone else and I believe in love and so much so that someone like Martin Luther King or Jesus Christ or Mary Magdalene, people like that who stood up at the time and said, "No more. We're not going to take this. You know, we're not going to let you take advantage of people. We're not going to let you do these things." Um, that changes the world, one hundred percent. You know, some of the most incredible people who walked for peaceful, beautiful, dangerous people. Though Gandhi was an incredibly dangerous individual. Wherever he go, people will flock to him. You don't have to be. And he said. Um, Strength doesn't come from the physical capacity, but comes from an iron will. He would not let anybody back down to anyone. Um, I think so. We have to be dangerous people these days. We've come, you know, fat and slow and full of sugar and, you know, content. Um, I think it's time to get hungry again, to stay hungry, to be powerful, to realize that I am not someone else's slave. I'm not going to do what other people tell me to do. I'm going to stand up for what is right and to realize death is just like birth, and you can kill this body, but you can't kill my spirit. I will be back again and again and again, and to me, I do believe in some way, if you're killed for the righteous cause, there's more power to you in that next life for that. I do think that as like a karma thing that comes back, if you die for what you believe in, what's right, uh, kind of like the opposite of suicide almost, uh, there's karma that comes with that, and there's karma that comes with you know being killed, and I do think that there's that abrupt dying and and realization of your soul leaving your body. There's a, there's a lot to gain from that experience, but certainly when we stand up in by one by one, you know, we don't do as much, but when we stand up in a group collectively, there is no, there is no one that can stop the world from waking up. There's no one that can stop the world from becoming who who we truly are. And so, you know, that's the problem. Everyone's running away one by one. What are we doing? We can't, nobody can stop them and realize I'm nobody. I'm somebody. I'm here. And just like every single somebody that's ever done anything, who's ever stopped, who's ever walked, who's ever, um, you know, had people follow them, who's ever, you know, created a memory in the past that people still um, read about today, usually poor people with a mission who knew their mission, who are at least who remembered it at some point in their life. And said, you know, I care about everybody else enough more so than what it is to live. But certainly it's nothing to live without freedom, without being who you really want to be. That's not really living. So it's so imperative. It's so important that each of us realize that we are somebody. We are here to make a difference. And you are powerful. You know, they want us to think that we're these consumers and we, you know, that we All we care about is who won the game and how much these things cost and the sales and everything else. But you are limited consciousness having an experience as a human. There's no limit. You're unless I may have said limited, unlimited consciousness, having experience as a human. There's no limits to you. And being in meditation, what I've learned and what I've downloaded in an instant, in a second, I realize there's nothing that I can't figure out either don't necessarily always have to read a book or go somewhere to be told something. I really want to know something. There's a channel out there that I can go sit in the dark and relax, and it'll come to me if I really want it. We are beyond powerful, beyond our wildest dreams. I think that's the one thing that no one has told most of us that we need to hear. You are powerful. You are amazing. You're beautiful. You are as powerful as Christ or Buddha or Krishna or anyone has ever come. And they wanted each people to know their power. They weren't walking around saying, I'm the most powerful person. I'm the only son of God. I think Christ was the only son of God in the way that he was perfect. And he loved everyone. And he loved everyone to be who they were. And that's what true freedom was. He was mimicking that of that unconditional life force of love. And we can do that as well. That's what it is to be Christ-like and to become a Christ or a Buddha, a, a, a Messiah, or Sin a master. But we have to first remember who we are. Never forget we all of us at some point in this life, I believe, have forgotten who we really are, how powerful we really are. So the real revolution is that of consciousness. That is the most important. It's the substance that is, in my in my eyes, is the most important thing that you can have. You know, it's light. You know, it's information. Uh, it's love. The consciousness that we, this pure, vibrant consciousness that's just within us, without everywhere around us. um, To me, there's a Bible verse that says, blessed is he that's poor in spirit. And when I read that one day, I realized to me, at least, uh, that I was poor in spirit, that I wanted more. I wanted more knowing. I wanted more love. I wanted more consciousness. I wanted more awareness. I wanted more of what happened in the past. And um, I felt like even today, and that was, man, that was 13 years ago or something like that. And even today, I still feel like I'm poor in spirit. I still feel like I know this much of an infinite amount of stuff that's possible, which keeps me alive. It keeps me, um, you know, that vigorous feeling of I want to know more. I'm excited to learn every day. What else can I find out? Because of what I found out so far I, is only the tip of the iceberg of what's out there, what the consciousness, what the universe is gonna give me even more of. Um, that by far is the greatest technology hidden from us, is our unconscious, how important it really is that the answers uh, is not some from someone else. You don't need to go find some guru on top of a mountaintop. You don't need to uh, read some book. Everything in the universe, all information is encoded in your DNA you only have to figure out how to unlock it to get it. And free thinkers will always seem crazy to those who can't see behind, beyond conventions. Never apologize for evolving beyond people's comfort zone. I've gotten this many times. People thought I was crazy. Didn't know what I was talking about. I feel like people have even been scared to talk to me before and literally walk the other way because I'm saying things that they don't understand. Definitely had people get super angry at me before by saying things. Um, and a lot of times I'm not saying that this is this, I just question it. What if this happened? What if these people did this? And a lot of times just a question alone can make people really upset. Uh, and that's how, you know, um, they're very highly conditioned um, and in your consciousness scares them. I mean, Jesus was uh, put upon a cross and killed for what things that he was doing. Um, so obviously, you know, they didn't understand him at the time and they still don't understand those kind of people today. But If we want to change this world, if we want to go into this golden age, if we want to make it in there, plain and simple, I think some of the most important things that we can do is focus all of our energy, not on fighting the old, not getting mad and say, this is a terrible way to do it. Uh, This education way, it's awful, you know, fight it. Because you're just being angry and you're fighting, you're going to war with it, but building the new one. How do we make it better? Focusing on what can we do so that everybody, you know, moves forward, every kid, is taught in a way that they that they understand, so they can they can do well in life. Uh, and I believe, you know, like what Einstein said, uh, education is not the gravitation of facts, basically, but learning how to learn. How do you learn? How do you read? How do you retain information? Certainly, being stressed out doesn't help you retain information. Being, you know, um, very intrigued in things and excited about stuff helps you uh, retain information. Not being stressed out about it. So. Focusing. Let's focus now on what we what we want instead of what we don't want. So certainly, turn off the news and love your neighbor. The news is, is all about angeriness, and everybody's upset. Someone said this, and somebody did that. It's very polarizing. Turn it off and love your neighbor. Just simply take the time that you do that every day to you know come in contact with your neighbors, to come in contact with people at work, to make it a point to listen to someone today. Those kind of things change the world. I know. A lot of people might think, oh, just talking to somebody at work changes the world. It does, 100%. Making someone feel heard, making someone feel like you care, those are so important. And they create snowball effects. When someone does it for you, in turn, makes you feel valid in something. You want to give it to someone else because they just gave you a a great gift. I, I, You know, it's oftentimes like a reminder when people do those things for you. Someone pays for your meal or something, and, and then you're like, oh, I'll pay for the guy behind me sometimes, you know? Those things create ripples in the consciousness and the ether. And so it ripples out to everyone. So what an incredible thing that we can do to learn to love our neighbors and our enemies. It's, it's just as important. Because at the end of the day, every single I, I haven't met any person on this planet who agrees with me about everything. And I don't think I will. And that's the beauty of it. I, every single person, if we go far enough, if we go deep enough, we're going to realize we have different views on different things. That's fine. That's great. No reason to be mad or angry at each other or fight each other. Learn to appreciate that and, and love the diversity. Another good thing would be instead of, you know, that wars were started with lies and secrets. Maybe it's it's time to, you know, ask people to be transparent and open. that's how peace starts is to uh, ask people to be open about things, to talk about the things that are happening instead of, you know, trying to cover them up all the time. That's super important too. Uh, definitely, you know, concentrating on evolving from a world of competition to cooperation. I don't think all competition is bad, but we certainly live in a world where we are constantly competing with every single person everywhere all the time. And it's creating, you know, a body that we're living in that's fighting each other all the time. You know, that's cancer. That's disease. Your body's not at ease. We are billions of cells of the planet. Just like a billion cells in our body when we watch war on television all the time when we watch people fighting all the time, our cells get that you know message hey we got to fight each other we got we got to be comp- competitive with each other instead of working together in this huge body, you're going to create disease you're going to create cancer you're going to create um, you know all kinds of negative things that are not going to work for you um by living in a world of competition always uh, you want a world of cooperation how? Each and every person comes to my life can be helpful to you. And I think everyone does have a piece of the puzzle that you need. But you have to be open and be aware of and receiving. And obviously you have something for them. So finding out what is it that I can help them with. Uh, oftentimes to see how can I help someone to make some more money? How can I help someone get a job? How can I help someone? And I realize if I'm constantly doing those things some way, one way or the other, those things end up happening for me as well. Helping others is helping yourself. Uh, it just comes around that way. Whatever you put out, the body's a Taurus, whatever you put out is what you get back. So often helping and loving and and concentrating on listening and making people feel heard, it's going to happen to you too. Tolerance, 100% tolerance. Uh, I often think that freedom and tolerance go hand in hand, uh, that freedom is allowing people to make their own mistakes, to do their own thing, uh, to live their own life so important every single every single person needs to be able to have that have the freedom to mess up you know we've all messed up you know and and when this when back in the day I, you know christ is telling these people you know you, uh, they're going to stone this lady for uh, having an affair or whatever right and he says you ye without sin cast the first stone um nobody's throwing that stone everybody's got sin to have this world we have prisons and everybody's got to be locked away forever sometimes people make the biggest mistakes that puts you on the path to being the best person you can be and we have to realize that and and, and i've i've seen you know tribes in africa where somebody messes up and they'll put that person in the middle of the circle and everybody in the whole tribe will gather around and tell them good affirmations about themselves for as long as it takes to get this person back to not being depressed or upset. So they smile, so they all hug them. Uh, how how great would that be if that was our solution to helping people heal? Um, we can't bring back people who are killed, no, but certainly to throw someone in jail and lock away the key like they can never be beneficial again, I think is a, is a, a bad model overall. Like it shouldn't be our goal for, it's just to throw everyone in jail for doing bad things all the time. Uh, I I honestly believe it would be much better if we were to help those people, um, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually get back on the right path uh, in order to get back into society should be the goal. Um, Certainly, I think a lot of people do a lot of negative things for attention, but giving them attention and love. uh, Only the unloved kill people. Only unloved people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. Um, So it's important for us to get those people on our track. And I feel like Again, with that death, if they haven't learned it in this life, they'll go to another life and continue that pattern. So I think it's really important to help people out where they are right here, right now, so that they don't die without learning that lesson. Um, That's why we have a Sikh society, I think, sometimes. And it's important that we all concentrate on the healing, not the throw away the key and punishment. Um, And we're all here. We are all here to complete a mission. None of us are alone. Everybody deep down, if you're watching this video right now, you know that you have a mission to do similar things that I'm saying right now, to help the collective. So, so important that we find the others, that we find the other people who are on the same mission, surrounding ourselves with the people who get it, who want to better themselves, who want to love the other people in the world, who want to, you know, help those lost sheep come back. God, is so important to get with the others, you know, when we can conform, we can come together. When we can um, really put together a model, uh, and there's obviously a few people who work really hard to making the world work for them, and we got to work really hard with the people who care to make the world work for the rest of us, you know. So surrounding ourselves with those people is it's it's just imperative to getting that ripple to be a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, a little bit more force behind it, um, and believing in it 100%. And when we realized that the belief system that we grew up with that was holding us back, holding us down, you ain't about that life no more. and you decide to live in your own truth of being breaking free from society's mold. Man, how important that is that the belief systems that we've had, all the things that hold us back, no more, no more. We're dangerous human beings now. We're people who came here to change this world. And not be of it. To completely come back and remember who we are and why we came here. Every single one of us. We are here to free ourselves from this mold of society of being these, you know, rigid, uh, do what you told people. It's time to break free from that. Each and every one of us, powerful and beyond our wildest dreams. And we're all in this together, from the humans to the animals, the reptilians, or <laughs> the reptiles, the birds, the amphibians the mammals, everybody. And they're counting on us, man. I think that there, you know, there's so many species going extinct there. These animals are counting on us to get it right, to get it together. The time is now. There's no more time to wait. We're all in this together. Um, This is all of our planets and we need to start acting uh, like that. And one of my uh, favorite prophecies out of all the books and everything I read was Native Americans uh, that have the, the, the rainbow warriors, the warriors of the rainbow. And they said that they would show up that the great and show us that the great spirit is full of love and understanding and teach them us how to make earth beautiful again. I don't know if that resonates with any of you guys watching out here, but to me, it totally resonates. I definitely feel like a warrior of the rainbow tribe. And I am here as best I can to help wake up the rest, to help get you excited, to help, help you realize how beautiful and how powerful and how amazing each and every one of us are. And that you, in your own life, in your own world and your own reality over there on the other side of this camera, have some important mission to do. And it starts with your family, your workplace and all of the above, uh, everything you're connected to your church, your life, all that is imperative to change the world. Now, you don't have to be the CEO or the president of some company. You can do it right here, right now in this lifetime, even just meditating on peace and love. When a few people do that in a city, it drastically takes away from the rapes, murders and aggressive acts that happen. So just believing, just permeating out peace and harmony in your own body and, and outward changes that whole, you know, everything in your whole city. So there's no doubt that's scientifically proven. There's no doubt that you can change the world right here and right now just by rippling out peace, not praying for it as if it's not here, but praying on it, that I am it, that I am, it exudes from me as I, um, as I am here. And so I believe we can change old, old ways of doing things. I don't want to pledge allegiance to a flag or a corporation or a country necessarily. I want to pledge allegiance to the earth and all the life which it supports, one planet in our care irreplaceable with sustenance and respect for all every single person. It's all important. Um, we can, there's no reason why we can't change everything. We can change it all. It doesn't need to stay the same for any, you know, that's one of those kind of dangerous ideas of um, tradition. we we'll have to do it because my grandpa did it, or I got to spank my kids because I was spanked and look at me. You can change anything any way you want to anytime it's, is your choice. And when you change it, you change it for all the, all the people in your lineage after you, you know, when I decide I'm not going to do things, I'm going to love my child, or we're not going to spank, or we're not going to do this, you know, you, you can change literally the whole entire lineage, um, negatively or positively, but how you are going to do things right here and now, so we can change anything anytime we want to, the transformation age is all about aligning with the divine within each and every one of us totally divine each and every one of us incredibly beautiful and just having to realize that and understand that and moving from that whole um you know belief system of me 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 i i I, to we to we are one world we're you know not necessarily just one country or one one race or you know or, or a race we are one race one planet one humanity you know we are all one and if we're going to get through this, we have to realize that we are all connected and we all affect each other. even across the planet, we affect each other. Look at this beautiful planet that we live on. There's no lines, there's no borders. you know? It's one beautiful planet. and we've got it all so boarded up, so separated, so compartmentalized, that we don't even see the totality of the whole thing, but realize it's a beautiful one living entity that breathes our our planet breathes and it has a heartbeat and and we are like the cells of this planet and we have to start working in cooperation with each other or we're gonna end up working in competition and killing each other so we are not separate from the whole we are connected to the sun the earth the air you don't have a life you are life each and every one of us are life It's not something that is out there. We're all a part of it, all the same thing. So it's time for each and every one of us to get activated. To be completely upgraded. To know who we are. And no matter what everybody else is doing out there, no matter what everybody else is feeling or or complaining about, let me tell you about my boss and how much I hate him. We can stand, not just necessarily in happiness, but in our sovereignty and our freedom to know I can be exactly who I want to be. I don't have to give in to conversations. I can walk away or I can change the subject. And if people won't go with me to where I want to go, I'll walk away. Um, Just because you work at a certain place. I have literally known, uh, seen myself change, you know, my thinking about certain things and jobs and bring a whole new me into it and change the whole dynamics of a whole work situation because I was no longer going to focus on certain things. And I, that higher vibration of focusing on freedom, love, harmony, it over supersedes that of, you know, disconnectedness and anger and fear 100%. So you can change the the, the vibration of a room, of your home, um, And I said, to me, this is a great picture. It's not just about happiness and all other people are sad, but just standing in your power, standing in who you are. Because we are here to build a new world, one that is filled with love, compassion, and understanding of a higher purpose of life. We are more powerful than we would ever know. And there are those out there who fear the day we discover it. But most of all, realizing that one of us Just one of us becoming, reaching that enlightenment stage can potentially change the world forever, set the whole world on fire. And that's why they're so afraid of that one. Uh, But certainly, it only takes one to light everybody else up, to spark everybody else. Because when we decide to shine our inner light, other people become inspired to the same. You don't have to convince anybody, you don't have to tell anybody literally being yourself standing in your power people will walk up to you and talk to you because if they can feel it in you it's not something you have to convince anybody of anymore if you really have it if you're really feeling it you will change people's lives and people will want to talk to you and they'll want to get in alignment with you and ask you questions um and we are evolving 100 way past just having a opposable thumb because we've got a lot more to go uh we're in the process of changing the forms of life that are not of this world and becoming able to do miracles, uh, fly, things that we've heard about from Apollo to Christ to Zeus. Um, all around the world, we've always heard about these gods, uh, superhero type people who have different, um, different abilities. Certainly, as we come into our evolution, we upgrade our DNA, we're going to find different powers within each of us. And every moment that we spend in higher consciousness helps uplift the consciousness of the whole world. So as we lift ourselves up, as we move ourselves up and let go of the depression, let go of the things that bring us down, we bring up the whole because we are connected to every single person. So by shifting our energy, we shift the entire planet. There's no doubt about that. And when one of us does it and we start to, you know, have our spouse or our friends and we start to get together and do rituals together. We really, we got a whole squad who has the knowledge of the self. And so we start to go back into those realms of, and those stories where there were these 12 gods and these different kinds of groups of people who lived in certain communities who had abilities um, that were far beyond that of the everyday person. I, I believe that we will soon uh, see these kinds of people again and see these kinds of um groups and communities, again, um, out where people will be, you know, probably out from the cities and live out uh, more in nature together. So if many little people in many little places do many little things, they can change the face of the earth, every single one of us. And if we work in alignment with each other, then there's no doubt we 100% will, the ripples will be that much bigger. And by wanting to focus on what we want instead of what we don't. We can paint an entirely new reality. Uh, a golden age, uh, revolutionize politics, education, humanity. Uh, everything can change. As long as we really honestly believe in it, we can, we can change anything we want to. To that golden age, the Satya Yuga has uh, been promised uh, in every culture that I can pretty much find. Uh, and every um, in-depth book of history, all pointing to things that happened in the past that will happen again, that we can't even stop it if we wanted to. Um, but we can certainly know that it's coming. And we are in the midst of a huge pole shift right now. And um, I believe that we take ourselves out of the polarization of the things that are going on in the world. We can help that pole shift even faster. Um, and I do think that the pole shift is definitely something that we definitely want to happen to going into this golden age is not something to fear. It is something to to look forward to and to want because I, I do think we can't go into that golden age, my personal belief, without that. Of course, um, you know, certainly I do believe that we can change the world um, in a drastic way, but um, I do think that the pole shift is inevitable too. And we're already in the midst of that. Um, so within our lifetimes, We will see all the world's lakes, oceans, rivers, and waterways restored to purity as well as our soil. Toxic chemicals, contamination of our food and other common products will be outlawed. Pharmaceutical companies will cease with holistic healing practices becoming the norm. The people of each nation will govern themselves. Clean, free energy will be in play. Big changes are coming and the cabal who controlled society through religion, politics, health, and education will be completely gone. And I don't know about you guys, but I totally believe that we will live in a beautiful society again where technologies and things uh, will be far beyond our wildest dreams. We'll be able to focus on a lot of other things instead of just survival, just getting by, just paying the bills. You know, we're meditation and, um, you know, working on our spirit. Uh, spiritual journey has become commonplace, as opposed to having to work all the time just to pay the bills, uh, and how difficult that's been. So we are on up and up, and you can see right after Christ has been crucified, we go this really dark stage, this industrial age of taking, and this, the bombs that gone have gone off, and now we're at this really pivotal point, where seemingly we can go into maybe. Uh, fifth dimensions or higher on this planet. Um, What an incredible, incredible idea. Uh, And I do think this is more than just an idea. I think it's possible that we've had similar uh, times on the planet and we are coming up on the very uh, new time, but a similar time uh, in our near future. And I would just want to hopefully, you know, pump people up and get you excited about it that yes, there are some things that are going on that are not great, But honestly, they all work to our advantage to see through the veil, to see what is available to us, what is out there, and how we can use that to change, to be the people that we want to be in this world. How can we use that to be better humans? How can we use these experiences to gain our own enlightenment? Because it's just enlightening up, like letting go of all the things, all all the suffering and depression. You know, the suffering has been great for me because it's been the thing that's helped me Uh, learn the most. That's what's helping me realize the most is the suffering that I've endured in my life. So I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for every single one of you. Thank you guys for being here today. Um, That is my presentation on The Golden Age. And so excited to be here on Ascension Works TV, sharing with all you guys this information. Um, So time to stay. Thanks, Jacob. My...